Welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast. I'm your host, Fabio Molly, and every week I bring you insights from players, coaches, parents, and experts who are ingrained in the world of high-level tennis. Today, I speak to Tamea Babas, a former doubles world number one, four-time Grand Slam champion, former top 25 singles player, and Olympic bronze medalist. At a young age of 30, Tamea tells us about her motivation and love for the game is as high as ever as she tries to move back up the rankings after injury. Tamea speaks about growing up in a tennis family in her home country of Hungary and how her sister was a usually talented player before her, having won the prestigious NCAA College Tennis Championships in the state. Her family actually told her not to pursue tennis after what her parents had learned from her older sister playing tennis. She sheds light on her opportunity to train in and play for Great Britain when she was younger as well as the challenges of come from a smaller tennis nation when working her way up through the ITFs to the WTA Tour. Finally, what I think you guys as listeners will find extremely fascinating is how Tamea deals with nerves, especially in the biggest stages of the sport at Grand Slams. Before we get started, a shout out to our podcast partners, ASICS. ASICS, as you know, in my opinion, make the world's best tennis shoes on the court and off the court. And if you need a shoe to cover every inch of the court, or spend the full day coaching in them, they have you covered. My personal favorites are the Solution Speed FF2. And if you're a coach, I recommend the Resolution 9s. Head over to Asics.com to see their full range and latest colors. Okay, here's Tamea. Hi, Tamea. Welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast. How are you? Yeah, hi. Thank you. I'm very good. How are yourself? I'm very good. Very good. Excited to have a Grand Slam champion on the podcast. I know this is our 202nd official episode. And even though we've had a lot of great tennis players on, there's still not many Grand Slam winners in the grand scheme of things out there. So great to have you on and learn a bit about you. Yeah, um, it's great to be here. Definitely. I like talking about my life and experiences. So I'm excited to, to share a few things about me and my life for sure. Great. So yeah, let's kick things off. Where did, where did tennis start for you? Well, um, pretty much my family, um, like my dad is a tennis coach. He did many sports though. And, um, yeah. And, uh, after my sister started playing tennis, she, we have eight years, um, difference between us. Then she went to college. She was a very good junior. Also, she went to college. She won the NCAA there in singles. So Yes, yeah, so she was really into tennis and the whole family was, but they didn't really want me to play because they knew it's going to be very tough and it's um, it takes a lot of sacrifice, especially for the family. And as we know, um, tennis is a very, very expensive sport, so we're not from a wealthy family. So yeah, they didn't really want me to, to play. Um, so as been said, I started with swimming and some other sports, but like I always wanted to play, like I really pushed uh, my family and especially my dad to start working with me. He He's a really good coach. He had many um, great um, players, junior Grand Slam winners. And um, yeah, so so this is how it started. Um, I worked with him um, for 10 years and actually even up on like even now, he's the one who is like helping me a lot on court. So yeah, it's family for sure. 
and uh, yeah, they, they probably saw your sister. And how you know she's oh, you're eight years older than you, so they saw how tough that is. And they're like, no, not another one. You cannot play tennis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was really already into it, and the whole family was. And then they they traveled a lot. Uh, we spent one Christmas even separate. She had like this big junior tournament still um, during Christmas, and um, she did um, like all these tournaments and all these practices, and. Um, yeah, so I pretty much wanted to follow her and wanted to do the same as the big sister. So, yeah, so this is how it, it started. And, um, yeah, and, and now it's still a kind of a family business. Um, um, that, that being my tennis coach and my sister, then she studied at Berkeley and she stayed in sport for a while. She was an agent um, next to good players, big players. And um, she's helping me out also with with the business part and like manager and all this stuff. So it's it's actually really good. Nice. And you obviously Hungary would have wouldn't have been a big tennis federation back then. You probably had didn't have a lot of finance in the federation, and that's a challenge for many countries still at the moment. But you did a stint in the UK as a junior. Yes, I did, and. Uh, in some ways, like, I don't say I regret it because I'm a pure Hungarian. I love Hungary, but I had the opportunity to, ch to change the nationality, um, to become British. And uh, yeah, for sure, it, it would have been easier. My path is because, because the financial part, as you say, is very different to Hungary and the UK. So yes, so still I was lucky to be able to have um, the chance what I had. But yeah, I mean, um, it's very different having no background, like, um, like my dad and my mom and like they did everything for me. And um, yes, yeah, so, so I trained a year and a half in the UK at an academy. But for example, my dad told me he never had to pay for it, but it's a lie. So he actually oh. did pay and um, he was asking some, um, let's say, sponsors at home. But sponsorship, I mean, like probably 500 euro. We're talking about that they some people, friends gave 500 euro and like this is how I could be in the UK. And when I was there, I had like seven, eight pounds to eat per day, which is like, even if it was 10, 15 years ago, it's like literally nothing. So yes, yeah, so this part of, of Europe, like, and um, like the these like nationalities, even like Serbia or Romania, like um, they're not tennis nations, but like every athlete, like we know that it's like an opportunity to become somebody and to to grow, you know, so definitely we know how to fight and how to get out of this, um, this tough situation. So, yeah, I mean, right now the Federation and the Hungarian tennis is a lot better, not the Federation, but we, we produced a little bit more players. But when I played, like there were like for, let's say eight, nine years, there was pretty much nobody next to me. Uh, on Grand Slams. So yes, I was really the only one. And then, yeah, slowly um, there were a few more players coming up, which is really nice for the country. But uh, I'm not saying it's easier in the Western and like richer countries, or it's easy, but uh, definitely easier than where we are coming from. Normally the Brits 
Uh, I'm in Ireland here, but the Brits go to, or even the Irish, they go to Europe, they go somewhere else. So it's rare people go into go into Britain. And just quickly on 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 Britain, was there would the deal have been? Oh, okay, we'll give you free training in the future, and you got to play for us. Is that the way those deals work? Uh, honestly, I have no clue. I was too young to know. I was 15, 16 year old. And um, yeah, but but they were planning to have like a really good Fed Cup team. I was a really good junior. I was living there for a year and a bit. Um, I was staying with a family and I was practicing there. So yeah, I mean, um, they had definitely good plans there. So it, uh, I don't know if, if I would have become the same player or not, but... Uh, um financially and for the pressure probably of the family and myself i think it would have been easier this part but as i said i i don't regret anything it's just it's it it would have been interesting to see like what path i would take back then you've done okay you're still doing good so you know it, it... yeah i mean obviously yeah i'm not saying like i say like i'm really happy but uh, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like even now when we go to to see the the like the national tennis center there, or um, like the players, they have a lot of like um, help and like uh, fitness coach, physio, and coaches, and like uh, um, different surfaces and indoor and outdoor, and you know, like everything pretty much. And in Hungary, for example, right now or back then, um, we didn't have even a hard court, so I didn't have a hard court to practice on, and even now. Now we don't really have indoor tennis, which is ridiculous because we still have winter. So like we have a few, but it's not really an indoor court. It's more like a bubble, which is not ideal. It's loud, it's cold. So uh, it's not easy still to practice at home in the winter. So it's it's very different, that's for sure. Yeah, Hungarian tennis, there's, you're still doing something right over there. Like we haven't had... We always struggle to get female guests on the show. I don't know why, but we have had two others, uh, Hungarian tennis players on, uh, Anna Bogdan and uh, Pana Yuvardi. Yeah. They're great players and, you know, they're rising. So you're definitely doing something. Something's, something's going well over there. Well, everybody... Um... Is trying to do their own way. Um, it's not really a build-up system, but uh, um, I think like juniors, we we were doing good many times in the past. But then after this transition period, when it comes down to the money, the opportunities, the wild cards, like all this, like who can travel with a private coach, like this is where like really we suffer, and we always suffered because then it comes down to to luck a little bit to to like uh, who is from a wealthier family or who has good sponsors or you know like things like this which is um sometimes it doesn't really depend on you you can be very very talented and like as Hungary is like a small market like when I was like a uh, number two three junior I was very good junior when I was like um, 14 15 already and um I was the youngest player at that um, period in the top hundred also, but you know, the market is not the same. Like you yeah. cannot really sell a Hungarian player the same way as you could sell like a French or an American, you know? So, um, you really have to fight your way through. Like I, I, I was on the top in juniors, but then I had to start from zero. Like I played the 15 Ks or 10 K turn 10. It was 10 K tournaments before, 
Um, I never really had the wildcard opportunity. So it was always like, it was a struggle. It was a fight. It was like, you really had to, to, to fight through. And uh, we don't have tournaments in Hungary. Like we have now one WTA, but that's like the only chance you can have a wildcard. We don't have like the, the challengers in Hungary. So really we, we were always going and traveling and playing abroad and trying to find your own way. It's not easy because sometimes you just need a little bit of help to, to get a wildcard even to a 60K and then like there you do well and then you just build up your ranking. But for us, it's very different. You have to really start from zero, even if you're a good junior, because it's it's tough. Like we don't get the same opportunities as others, but uh, I'm grateful for that. I learned a lot of things. Um, I became who I became probably because of that. Um, and uh, I know how to fight. I know how to to handle um, certain things in life, even outside tennis, because I learned a lot through throughout my tennis career. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not complaining. I just say it's very different for sure our story, but uh, but I'm happy and glad that there are many um, good players now. We struggle a little bit with the juniors at the moment, but uh, yeah, but I'm glad that there are a few really good um, WTA and ATP players even. Like uh, it's been a long time when we had two uh, top 100 male players on tour. And um, as I said, I was alone for a long time. And now it's really good to have like a really good Fed Cup team and to have the opportunity to 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 do something again for Hungary and for for ourselves. No, that's exciting. And yeah, you're right. Countries like, I don't know, the UK, Australia, France uh, do have this advantage of obviously they've plenty of tournaments in their country. They get wild cards and then there's agreements where one player gets a wild card for yeah. a different slam. And, you know, you could not play any tournaments, just get wild cards and have a top 200 rank and easy, I think. Yeah, I mean, even like, let's say the grass season is a huge opportunity for the British players because we cannot even practice on grass and they can do whatever. Or um, now I'm in Italy and like like the Italian tennis is so good also, but they have tournaments every week. So you have opportunity a lot. And um, yeah, like currently um, this year, we didn't have one ITF in Hungary yet. So we had one WTA and still like it's uh, only a few wall cards you can give. So it's not that easy to play. And we're talking about the WTA. So like a young player is probably not ready for that. So it would be obviously nice to to have more tournaments. But uh, yeah, it is how it is. Um, we can be still very thankful that tennis exists and we can play tournaments and we can do what we love and, uh, and achieve things and earn money and, you know, be happy on court. So, yeah, so that's very important for sure. Well, at least you have one tournament. We're here in Dublin, Ireland, and there's no tournaments here at all. <laughs> have you ever been to Dublin, Ireland, actually? No, not to Dublin. I've been to Ireland, but not to Dublin. Yeah. Okay. Sightseeing, was it? On vacation? Yeah. I mean, yeah, let's say, yeah, little trip, short trip. Yeah, when I was in England, yeah. Nice, very <laughs> nice. So, uh, and also one more thing on the whole finance thing. Like you were just, you were top two junior in the world. You won junior slams. And does being from a country like Hungary really affect like getting money in, sponsorship, endorsements? Is is that really a big factor? Oh, yeah. 
yeah, I mean, um, it, it helps um, for sure. It's a big help. You have less pressure. Um, like I remember when I played the semifinal of Wimbledon, that year I was number two junior. I didn't have endorsement deal and uh, like clothing deal. And uh, I was like, when I arrived to Wimbledon, I didn't even have grass court shoes. So I went to Southfield to a store to buy a used pair of grass court shoes. So I, I played in that in my junior Wimbledon and I didn't have white clothes. Like uh, I, I didn't want to buy for like 50 euro, like a skirt. And uh, so I played um, in like um, whatever, like cheap store, um, Hungarian or not Hungarian, but cheap store where you can buy like white clothes, like random white, like tank tops and like a skirt. And this is how I played like my junior Wimbledon. And I like, you know, it's a very different story than even now, like when I go to Grand Slams and I see the juniors, they all have their nice clothing and they all have like, you know, um, they don't have to think of a lot of things. So I say in, in many ways, it's amazing and it's really, really helpful. And, but still, like, I think to be humble and stay humble and think of it as like an amazing opportunity instead of it's normal that I have everything like this comes down then to the parents and to the parenting and to the coaches to teach the players that um, not everything comes so easy in life, let's say. So, yeah, I mean, as I said, everybody gets to to its uh, career and to the to the future how whatever like different path but uh, i think it's just very important to to be a nice human being and to to stay humble so yeah nice uh, you're you're a four-time slam champion yeah yes and which was your favorite title it's tough because I played a few finals, few like tough losses. We lost two finals from match points. So definitely the very first title um, was amazing. It was in Australia, Australian Open, um, because before I think I lost uh, two or three finals already. So the very first Grand Slam was amazing. Um, each and one of it was special in its own way. Um, but probably if I would have to pick one, it would be the very first final. I mean, first final, what we won, yeah. And you talked about you were in finals, slam finals before then. Was, does the pressure mount then after each final saying, this could be my last opportunity or what's going on inside your head? Or do you not think about that? Honestly, no. I think the first final, what we played, um, we thought we have like, the best chance to win. We played really good. Um, it was the first year that the roof came on in Wimbledon and or they had it and it was raining. We played indoors. We thought it's going to be even better for us. And then our opponents, they just outplayed us like we had no chance. And uh, then the second, it was a little bit tighter because, yeah, you're like, oh, the first one you thought you had it and then you lost it. So what's going to happen now? And then that was tight. And then, yeah, this Australia again, we played already really good. We had uh, um, we had top, tough matches and we were maybe the favorites or not the favorites because on paper we were not the favorite. Uh, we played against um, Makarova Vesnina, who were back then like the top pair. 
Um, but somehow we felt uh, we were better and then we won in two sets. So, yes, yeah, so that was like different. And then, um, yeah, and then after we lost uh, uh, one final from match point against uh, Barty van de Weeg in US Open, it was like a three hour, 30 minute match. So that was really painful. Um, and then after, I think every time we got to the, f no, we lost one Austrian Open final again, but yeah, we, we played a few more finals, but, um, after that, I think we were just calm and it was more about tennis and, um, yeah. And sometimes in tennis, even if you're calm and you're playing good, you lose, it can happen. So, um, yeah, but, but it was definitely amazing to play all these huge matches and, um, uh, Thankfully, I had also my singles career, um, where I have it still, of course. And um, I played a lot of big matches also in singles. So all these moments are the moments you're you're waiting and you're fighting for to be on the biggest stage. Like this is what really like motivates me and puts me forward every day. Because um, I've been around for a long time, even though I'm still not old. I'm yeah, still only young. 30, but... Yeah, but uh, it's my 13th year on tour and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, still like every day I wake up for this now, my ranking is not where it used to be, but like this is why I fight for to to go back there and to play on the biggest stages because it's just like the most amazing feeling for me. So that's what, what motivates me. It's not the money, it's not the whatever fame or this or that, but for me, it's the feeling to go into the stadium and there are like thousand and thousand people and they're cheering and, you know, this um, adrenaline and excitement, like this is like what you cannot get. So I'm just um, hoping and waiting my moment again to be there. And what before a big match, what sort of nerves do you get? I know people get different types of, they, physically they deal with nerves differently. What sort of nerves, how do you deal with them? Or what, what does your body produce? Yeah, it's physical. For me, it's very physical. Like for me, um, I just feel like really like I'm, I'm carrying rocks like that I have, like if I would have um, pockets or shorts, like my pockets would be full of rocks. So I really like slow down, you know, some people, they're like super like excited and they cannot like calm down for me. Like I become like probably too calm, like nervous, but calm at the same time. So it's like really, um, weird combination. And then, um, yeah, like for me, I need to like speed up a little bit and be different. Um, everybody has routines. Someone, obviously they have crazy routines and they have to follow everything step by step. Of course, I also have all these little details, what I like to follow, but for me, it's, it mustn't or it shouldn't be like so crazy or like, uh, like it's for me, it's just more pressure if like I cannot follow a crazy rhythm or something. But I think it's normal. And I try to say also to players when they ask me, because there were a few Hungarians um, coming up this year, even male player. So, for example, um, this Marozan Fabian played Alcaraz in Rome. And we were like, it was his first ATP main draw like tournament and he won two matches already. And then he goes to play against Alcaraz on a big court. And he's like asking me like, uh, like, how can he deal with the nerves? And I was like, listen, you're going to be nervous all your career. Like, even if you're 35 years old and you won 20 Grand Slams, I'm, I mean, we see the 
top, top, top best players of all time that they still get nervous. So this is something you have to deal with and it's you have to accept that it's kind of normal. So everybody has it and probably many people deal with it the same way, but you have to find your own way how to figure out what to do and how to deal with these emotions. But, you know, it's, it's, it's fun, I guess, at the end of the day. <laughs> And what happens? So you're on, let's say you're still a bit nervous. You're in the warm up. You're still a bit nervous. You shank the first few balls. What do you tell yourself? Like hit the ball harder, do this. Like what are you actually telling yourself? Or are you, do you, you've already, you've overcome it by then. Surely the start of a warm up, you can be a bit. Yeah, the warm up is important. Um, like it's good to, to um, get the, the nerves out somehow. But also, I think it's important the people around you that you can look out and you have people there who you can trust. I think it's very important or um, stick to your patterns, do what you feel you have to do and you can do. Um, like, don't try to start with super crazy things, like just keep it simple and do your patterns, which you can do even if like you're just waking up after a long night of sleep. So, yeah, I mean, for me, it was this like play your game and like stick to your patterns and um, yeah, don't focus too much of the outcome. And yeah, just just try to keep it simple and move your legs. Definitely for me, it's like move your legs. <laughs> yeah, move. And uh, after you win a big match, who's the first person you call or the first message you check? Who, who is that person? Yeah, it depends. Like, um, since I'm in a relationship and I have um, my boyfriend with me or um, it would be him. And then we have a family group. So like, yeah, it's the group chat. So it's it's uh, either or like uh, definitely family. I'm very family centric. Um, so yeah, so for me, they're the most important. And then I have a uh, few very close friends. Um, like in Hungary, we we have this mentality more that we don't call anybody friends. So I have like a few friends and the rest is like buddies, let's say in English would be. So like the close few friends, they would text me and then, yeah, then I would talk with them. But it, this would be the the normal thing, family, friends, and then the rest of the people. <laughs> family, friends and yeah, buddies. buddies. Yeah. Uh, and uh, okay, so you talked about your dad has coached you for many years and he's still you still work with him some capacity yeah. maybe you can tell like we've a lot of parent listeners who have kids that play and some of them may coach their kids some may not what's the secret to a parent child tennis coaching relationship Oof, it's uh, tough we would need another two hours to talk <laughs> about it but uh um yeah i mean in some ways i think it's it's a it's the best combination because um obviously a parent wants the best for the child and for the kids um uh, which sometimes the coaches they don't want um and i experienced that also that some coaches could be more like selfish or they think more about the the money and stuff but uh, um the the parents like wants the best that's for sure so this um this is good but on the other end it makes it also very difficult because like maybe a parent would be sometimes more harsh with the with the player or like more strict or like wants more and more and more 
Um, but uh, and 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 at the end, it's like you have to feel that it's not only a player coach relationship, but it's also for us, it was also like a father daughter relationship. So I was lucky because I was the second child. So my dad learned a lot from my or throughout my sister. So definitely like he the mistakes he might have made with my sister, he made less with me. So we, but we know this within the family that in this part, I was luckier. <laughs> um, but after, um, when I was like 20 years old, we stopped a little bit with my dad for a few years, actually. Um, he stayed in tennis with other players, but he wasn't around much in my tennis because we felt that this relationship between like father and daughter is started to be like too stressful because of the coach and player relationship. But I think um, at younger age, like the the parent has to know how much he or she can push the 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 kid, and uh, it's tough for the kid and player to accept. Because after a while, like you only hear the parent voice because it's literally nonstop. It's on court, off court, at home, whatever. So um, it's it's not easy. Um, but like, tell me what relationship is easy. Like, I don't know any. So, um, but it's 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 good. I mean, for me, it worked out. We can see on many players on tour that it worked and works out. Is this is the most sensitive part? I think to to stay and be smart enough, let's say, to keep the the family relationship. So not everything is about tennis because then it becomes really hard and then it becomes like uh, there, there is too much pressure and uh, probably too much negative energy around you and around the parents. So I think this is what we really have to focus on at the end of the day. Yeah, it's definitely tough, but there are so many great, tennis stories where the parents were involved with their yeah. with their kid and there still is which which is amazing and but yes yeah. that, that's interesting what what's the secret so with all your I know we're focusing on doubles here and but what what is the secret to a great doubles partnership I mean uh, the most important first part would be of course if the tennis is matching like uh, the the idea of how we should play and like who should play what side and like what is the let's say tactic we have to play um like i'm not a typical doubles player like i'm very far from it i don't do serve and volley i don't like i never honestly i never really practice doubles so firstly i was always a singles player and like i was in top 100 for 10 years top 15, five, six years, like my best singles ranking was 25 in the world. So I won WTAs in singles. So I always practice my singles game, like let's say 95% of the time. But I was lucky enough that from young age, like my dad taught me how to volley and how to play on the court. So my singles game is also not only like hitting big um because i can serve big hit big but i play around on the court so even in doubles it's the same that uh, i have a certain style in doubles which i have to find my partner who has the same style as me um and then when this matches then um it's it, the personality is the second like uh 
um, if you have the right connection, because a good partnership has to go on, on for a long time. This is when you become more and more successful. So um, it was this, that you have to, to be happy to be on court with the same person and to, to enjoy the company of the person, because, I mean, you spend a lot of time together normally. So, yeah. So for me, these are the two factors that are or that were and are the most important even now. The first one, especially, I hadn't really thought about that too much. The game style is important, knowing what works, what suits you, really. Yeah, I mean, I had, I tried when I was younger even, and I was like 20, 30 on the rankings already, and I won a few WTAs. And I played with a really successful, good doubles player. She won Grand Slam. Um, she was top 10 and we tried together. Why not? And heck no, like we were terrible together because she was a typical doubles player. And okay, in men's doubles, like you see more the typical doubles player serve and volley, return volley coming to the net. But in women's doubles, it's like not necessarily goes like this. So... Um, yeah, so for me, like that didn't work. I was not comfortable. I didn't know what to do, where to move. Like I felt like rushed and, you know, it was not my game style. So, um, even though she was very successful and I was getting successful, like we just didn't match. So we had to look for a new partner after like uh, two, three tournaments because we felt it's, it's just not going to work. So yeah, it's important for sure. It must be hard to find new partners sometimes, isn't it? Especially once the season starts or is the, is the female, is it like the males where you sort of, you plan to have somebody for the year at least? Yes, we always tried. I always tried. So I was injured. I was out for a little bit. And then after it was difficult to find somebody. And even now, like I played with different partners, which honestly I'm not used to. It looks like that from now on, I'm going to have a fixed partner. So that's great. We will see how it goes. But uh, yeah, I mean, as I said before, it's very important to try to play with the fixed partner. I think girls are a little bit more how would I say, unpatient. Um, I mean, sometimes, as I say, you feel that you don't have the right connection and the, not the right game. But sometimes it's just like, it, it would take time to become better and girls don't have the patience for that. So this I don't agree with. But uh, yeah, so uh, my ideal doubles like plan would be to have the same person and to try to build something together. Nice. And tell me, what advice do you have for some tennis juniors out there who listeners and maybe the advice so the parents can also understand, but what's a key bit of advice that you learned throughout your career that could help some juniors? Well, it could sound like a cliche, but it's I mean, I always said it even before it became um, popular to say like that really like most important is yourself and you have to go through tough times and uh, but the, what you always have is your hope and belief and um like that you can do anything and um you you i mean i believe in work so i'm not uh, the person who is like um who who is who is taking things easy so for me it's definitely work um patience and um and belief like this like 
and and to stay humble and have the right um mindset but like i really believe if you have all these factors and all these like this kind of mentality then um you can achieve many things so actually pretty much the hungarians are like the hungarian girls are very hard workers like even the ones that i see now like uh, they're hard workers and um yeah so i think this is very important not everybody can be so talented but what is really talent i think working hard is also a kind of talent to to have this mentality and the patience and the the motivation to be a hard worker every single day so um yeah like for me it's definitely the belief and the the work and then you can do whatever you want in your life but it's not only for tennis it's this i think goes for everything if you want to become a lawyer or a doctor or a painter i don't know but this is what can give you something in the future and you did mention earlier life lessons tennis has given you life lessons is maybe what's the biggest life lesson apart from hard work and belief what has been on the road for the past i'm going to say you say 13 more than 13 years you've been on the road between your junior career and your senior career but what major life lessons tennis taught you that will help you in the future um well from young age i think already how to organize and manage things because like we really have to um like follow a schedule and like you know all this travel and packing and food and this like we really have to um organize and manage our times really well definitely the financial part like even from young age like i know how to deal with money and what to deal with like what to do how to manage like uh, you know all these things definitely um i learned a lot about people like who to trust um who is important in your life because sometimes when you're winning like everybody is so nice when you're losing nobody cares you know like it it taught me a lot about this and about like who and what is important in life and um yeah and i'm very thankful for sure that i was able or i'm able to travel the world and to um to to learn a lot to um meet different people different culture like um this like tennis has given me so much and a lot even now like now i really love it and if i wouldn't love it or i wouldn't be motivated i would stop for sure but i still have a lot of motivation so yeah so i think it's uh it's very and to be the most important word i think also what i forgot but is discipline like that is gives you and sport i think so i want like my children once i have them to be very disciplined and the sport and an environment where you are following a schedule gives you that and i think in the world we're living in right now like um people tend to forget this word discipline so i think it's important and like tennis taught me a lot about that so yeah so as i said i would never complain um so i'm just very happy and thankful that i had and i have tennis even now in my life a lot of good lessons there there's a lot of good yeah. lessons and i'm going to finally ask you paris 2024 you've obviously you were world number one you're ranked world number one You've won Grand Slam titles, bronze medal at the Olympics before. Are you going out for the, will you be playing it first of all? 
And is gold, do you, how bad do you want a gold? Yeah, for sure. Um, like we, um, it's in, it's in plan. Like even before my injury, I said it that, um, I would like to go. I, I've been in the last, um, three Olympics and, um, it's definitely my plan to go next year. Um, so I started to play more singles again in, uh, in March. Obviously this is the tougher part, but in doubles, like now that we have these, uh, good Hungarians again, like it would be nice to go there and to, to play. So it's for Hungary, like Olympics is everything. So we even want to have one in, in Budapest. So, um, yeah, so I would like to be again, an Olympian and to, to wear the national outfit and, uh, yeah. I mean, actually the other day, one of the social media website, like put me on that, like this happened 10 years or 11, 11 years ago. And then I saw the London Olympic and I was like walking just next to the flag in the front row in the, in the stadium. So it's something really special. Like I would love to be there again and to meet all the, not only the Hungarian athletes, because we are actually very good in sport but also like all the other nations and it's a different atmosphere. So yeah, it's definitely in plan. So I hope to be there. Best of luck with the year this year and uh, getting to Paris. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Tamea. Very interesting and always extremely exciting to have a Grand Slam champion on the show. I'll be back next week with a huge episode for tennis parents with Irish coach Gary Cal, who is working on a PhD on learnings from tennis parents and seeing players move through the rankings. Really, really interesting episode. Loads of tips if you're a tennis parent. Can't wait for you to listen. Until then, goodbye.